Hello, my name's Richard Hayward and welcome to my podcast. Each week we look at a different psalm and this week we're looking at Psalm 16 and also using John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8 alongside. In the first verse of Psalm 16, David says that God is his refuge. But does the term refuge mean we only go to God in times when we are in trouble or fleeing from something or maybe as a last resort? Join me as we listen to Joe reading Psalm 16 and then John chapter 15 verses 1 to 8. And then following that, I will be giving some reflections about these two passages. Our prayer is that these times will allow you to stop, be still, and concentrate on God's presence in your life. Psalm 16 Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. John 15 verses 1 to 8 I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. This brings great glory to my Father.
So here we are in Psalm 16. And as I was uh, preparing for this week's reflections and I read the first verse about refuge, I sort of jumped ahead of myself really because I started thinking about that song that we used to sing many years ago of you are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Let the weak say I am strong in the strength of the Lord. But that, as I did some research, comes from Psalm 32. So we'll be looking at that in 16 weeks time. When do you seek refuge? And where do you go when you seek refuge? Maybe it's your garden shed. Maybe it's your office or your car or the kitchen or the larder. Maybe you seek refuge in chocolate or a cup of tea or some peace and quiet or in your bed. And when do we seek refuge? It's often when we are running away from something, isn't it? Or we need protection. We need a place of safety. I don't know what it's like where you are, but here in England, there are still lots of examples of air raid shelters that were built primarily in the Second World War. Uh, so quite a number of years ago now, but they still exist. And they were places where, when the bombs were dropping from above, the air raid warning would go out and you would stop what you were doing and clamber into one of these air raid shelters. It might have been and I can never remember the name of them. I know one of them was called Anderson Shelter, but one of them was like a dining room table that had been turned into a metal cage and you would all clamber under there. If you had a garden, you might have built an air raid shelter in the garden. Or if you were in London, the underground, the tube stations were used as places of refuge, as air raid shelters and you would wait it out there until the threat had passed and then you would come back out and carry on with your normal day-to-day -day activities well as normal as they could have been when in a war there's a danger isn't it that we use God as our air raid shelter that we wait until the last moment when we've exhausted all the options on our own and uh, we desperately cry out to God or we pray or we hope that there is some maybe you hope that there is some higher power that will deliver you from the situation in which you find yourself we use it as a last resort, don't we? As a fail-safe, 
when everything else has failed. Some time ago on a Sunday morning, I was, I, well, I'd been invited to lead the worship for a small congregation near where we lived. And uh, I was on my way to the service and uh, I had prepared. I had prepared what I believe were the right songs. I'd practiced, I'd set out the keys, the introduction, how many times we would do the chorus. Not many because it was quite a conservative church. Um, and what I would say in between the songs. I'd spent time with these songs on my own, worshipping God in those songs. All good things to do when leading a congregation in worship. So here I was on my way to the service, driving to the service, and I asked God to help me that morning. And almost immediately, I felt God say, no. To be honest, it shocked me a little bit. It put me into a mild panic. Still not exactly sure what a mild panic is. That's an expression that I get from Jo, my wife. I don't know how you have just a mild panic. When I can't find my phone or my wallet or my keys, which happens on a regular basis, I don't have a mild panic. I go into a full frantic search patting down all my pockets numerous times, looking in my bag umpteen times until I generally find them. Not without someone saying, where did you last have them? After God had said no, fortunately he didn't leave it too long as like a cliffhanger before he expanded on his answer. Why had I asked that question? Well, in truthfulness, I felt like I was 90% prepared. I just needed that extra 10% just to get me over the line. And that was the heart of my prayer. See, here we go. Here's a full frantic search. I know I put something in my pocket somewhere, and now I can't for the life of me find it. There it is, it's in the other pocket. Maybe I'll cut some of this out, but it seems like a fairly apt description of what I was just talking about. This is what I was looking for. This is a rechargeable battery. It works by storing energy. It can work on its own for a little while, but then has to be plugged back into the charger for a lot longer period of time 
before it can work on its own again. Here in the van, I charge up these batteries generally when it's a sunny day and I can use the solar panel on the top or when I'm driving and I can use the energy from the engine to help store the power and charge those batteries. Is that how you or is that how I treat God? A charging point for when we've run out of steam. Now I realize in saying that that I'm mixing illustrations. I don't think steam-powered batteries have ever been a thing, but much like the angels last week, I'm not that up to speed on my knowledge of steam-powered things, so I might be wrong. But I digress again. Do we use God as a last resort do we use God as a last resort place of refuge when we are completely defeated? Do we use God as a charging point when we have run out of energy? I know I have done both many times. I've gone it alone only to find that I need to fall back on God when it all crumbles around me. You see, I'm not sure that this psalm is what David is suggesting that we do, that we use God as a place of refuge in the last resort. And there are clues in this psalm that back this up. Verse 2 says, Every good thing I have comes from you God verse 8 I keep my eyes on the Lord verse 8 again with God next to me I will not be shaken verse 11 you fill me with joy in your presence this refuge that David is talking about isn't a battery charger it isn't an air raid shelter it's not something we use occasionally when it all gets too much for us. That was never God's intention for you or me. God's intention is never for us to rely on batteries and then charge up occasionally, quite often on just a Sunday morning. His intention when he created us was that we are continually connected to the source. We are continually connected to God. One of Joe and my favourite artists is Martin Smith. And uh, when he had his band, which I guess is still going, called Army of Bones, they had a song on one of their albums called batteries and it was about taking my batteries out and plugging me into the wall. God's intention is never for us to use him as a place of refuge only for when things go pear-shaped. 
If you aren't British, then you might not know what pear-shaped means. It means when things go completely wrong. His intention, his desire, is for us to stay continually connected, continually with him. Our second passage doesn't use the example of air raid shelters or batteries. I guess Jesus could have used those examples, but probably in AD 32, 33-ish, when he said these things, people wouldn't have known what a battery or an air raid shelter was, and it would probably flummox them even more than they already were with what he was saying. Jesus uses the example of the vine, an example that people would have understood very much at the time. A branch that is not connected to the vine will do nothing. Well, in fact, no, it won't do nothing. It will only do one thing. It won't grow. It won't bear fruit. It will wither up and die. God wants you and he wants me to be continually connected to him. And by continually, I mean all of the time. Every hour of the day, every day of the week, in everything we are doing. Whether we're reading a book, watching the news, watching a film, browsing on the internet, looking at social media, posting on social media. Whether we are reading the Bible, whether we are at a Sunday service or not. And why? Why does he want us continually connected? Well, it was the reason that God said no to me it was the reason that God said no to me in that time when I was heading to that service, asking for God's help. He doesn't want to be my little top-up that I use, where I can do it pretty much on my own, but I just need him from time to time just to push me over that that finishing line. Have a look at the last verse that Joe read a moment ago, verse 8 in the chapter in John. When you produce fruit, you bring glory to God. God has given you, as he has given me, the opportunity to be with him 24-7. God has given you gifts, talents, abilities, as he has given them to me. God has given you opportunities, as he has given to me. God may have given you a home, a car, a job, a business, or in our case, a van. And here comes one of the most important phrases in your and my relationship with God. It's like a fork in the road. God has given 
you as he has given me each of these things so that we can so that we can and here's the fork it's either to benefit ourselves prop up our own egos amass more stuff improve our status or to glorify God verse 2 in that psalm in Psalm 16 says every good thing comes from God so that we can use it to glorify God you see it's a circle isn't it it starts from God it comes down to us and we glorify God giving it back to God we are never the dead end we're never the cul-de-sac we're never the end of the line with any of this we are given these gifts, talents, opportunities, jobs, whatever it is, all these good things, so that we can glorify God. It's that simple. So here's our challenge from these two passages. And can I suggest that you take these two questions and use them this week, maybe as a weed killer to carry on with that illustration of the vine, to remove the things in your life that you are doing that maybe you shouldn't be doing. And I'm not using that as a stick to beat you with. Goodness knows the church has tried that method for too many generations. This isn't about making choices based on some strict policy of religion. This is about you coming before God, your creator, and asking for his guidance in the choices and decisions that you make each day. So here are the two questions. Am I using my gift, opportunity, job to glorify God? Am I using my, and then fill in the blank, anything to glorify God? And then the second question, is what I'm doing right now, whether it's watching a film, reading, talking to someone, talking about someone, browsing on the internet, whatever it is, is what I am doing right now glorifying God? If the answer to either of those questions is no, then maybe we need to make some changes in how and what we are doing.